see, I, I think I'm offering the insightful commentary and the humor. So what am I here for? The color? They've been the all day, but so it's fun. They have each other's bags, and today is finally done. In a world setting in a Georgia town. On a show about libraries and visual sound. In the stacks of libraries, where it always starts. The stacks so much more than either of them thought. It's Thursday for mayhem, it's Thursday for fun. In the stacks with Barry and the Goya, it's second to none. Hello. What up? You tell me. Are you ready? I, I arrived early, which I guess is on time for you. So, yeah. so all right. So welcome to another fantastic episode of In the Stacks with Barry, Latoya, and T'Challa. Yay. So this is our first um, show back from the Christmas break. Uh, I know, Barry, you had said you thought it was the first episode of a season, but this is actually uh, episode four of season 13. Uh, so tell me what's been going on with you guys. Finally not 2020. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this week was kind of a crazy week. Uh, yeah. You know, we're, I, I don't really want to get into the whole, you know, traitorous assholes who like tried to take over the, the capital I'm, I'm just saying you know 2021 is going to be a good year when on day six congress or senate i some part of congress gets raided <laughs> <laughs> well it does kind of remind me a little bit of um mars attacks mm-hmm. where the aliens they 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 kill everybody and and there's a grandma and she's like, they blew up Congress. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, uh, it was the first week of the semester started off. Um, you know, we went back on Monday, teachers did, but students mm-hmm. like on Wednesday, um, kind of. Uh on Monday of uh this week, they announced that students would come back virtually Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And so all of my online classes were held virtually and they sent out an email saying that on Monday um, they are having students come back. Uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, zero, honestly, with the, yeah. the, with the virus being what it is and what it, you know, how many more people have contracted the virus and died from it. I think it's wholly irresponsible to have students come back into the schools. Yeah. Well, and here in Baldwin, well, in Baldwin County, I'm not actually here in Baldwin County, uh, but in Baldwin County, I know that, um, you know, my mother had a friend who had to go to the emergency room this week, and she said she was at the emergency room for like almost four hours mm-hmm. because, you know, it was so backed up, and, you know, that they were basically sent telling a lot of folks, you know, you just go on home because, you know, we're not going to see you um, because there's so many folks. Right, Yeah. I mean, I, I know that for me, just knowing um, that it's getting worse is making it so that I'm even less inclined to leaving the house, um, right. which I mean, you know, again, I like being at home anyway. However, you know, I'm, we're hearing stuff about various school systems and teachers dying from it. And, you know, it just, I'm like, is it really that necessary to take these, these risks um, for the sake of just, you know, having things be back to somewhat normal? Well, and 
I mean, it's, I can kind of see, uh, on the one hand, I'm like, I don't think this is a good idea at all. On the other hand, I'm like, I think everybody involved with the online teaching thing, student and teacher, um, are kind of like, we hate it. Um, so, so the alternative is, oh, you know, I'll go ahead and roll the dice and go back into school. If I get COVID and pass it on, or if I die, no big deal. It's because, you know, I'd much rather do this than be online. <laughs> then I can get it all done and then hunt done really quickly and then just like sleep the rest of the day. <laughs> I would, I greatly prefer online. Well, in person. But part, that's because I. You're a good student. <laughs> Yeah, you're motivated. Um, yeah. But you have to keep in mind that a lot of the students that I teach, one, are not motivated. Mm-hmm. Two, and they need, need they need a lot yeah. more help than you do. Oh, yeah. I could just say, here, go read this and then do this, and you can do it. Oh, yeah. But and for I a lot prob- of kids. I'd probably be done very quickly because I probably wouldn't read it. Read it. Well, that's not good. I <laughs> <laughs> already know the answer. Right. Um, but you know, a lot of my kids, they need, first of all, I would need to sit with them to read it. Otherwise they're not going to read it. And two, they are going to need help understanding what they're reading. And then they're going to need help with the homework. And if there's not somebody to do all those things with them, they just don't do it. Well, I know, but I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those like growing pains or when things shift in society, this is clearly a shift. There are going to be things that are inherently wrong or, you know, happen that is not intended. Um, You know, generally speaking, we're not groomed to do everything online. You know, I don't think our brains or whatever work that way. Um, So while it's unfortunate that some people are going to be, um, you know, I guess in a sense left behind, it's one of those things you, it's like, you know, survival of the fittest, I suppose, you adapt or you die. (laughs) So the problem with that, is that if it were even 50-50, I would say you're right. You know, the strong will survive, the others will flounder. But I think the problem is, is that the strong is like maybe 10%. Yeah. And that the other 90% are who you're talking about. Well, they're just gonna fail. They're just gonna be left behind. I, I don't, I don't That's understand. the majority of America. <laughs> how when you're struggling with something yeah you just give up go ask go get help don't just sit and wait for help well yeah but see i mean you all three of us are very similar in that way if we can't figure something out we either try to figure out ourselves or we go to someone but it's all i mean it kind of i don't know i mean i suppose the longer i go down this rabbit hole i'm going to say things that are going to be completely leftist or socialist but um you know i yes it's unfortunate but is do i mean it's do you prefer going into the classroom over your health or the health of others or you possibly dying is it really worth it to put everyone at risk yeah and i I, and you guys are everyone is still new to this transition of doing it essentially solely online so I mean of course it was never going to be perfect to begin with I mean this is really only what almost year one a full year of it I mean these things take time you know um you know over time there'll be studies over you know what it is that can get students more engaged and blah 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 but it's again one of those things that it's a matter of time yeah 
Well, I think that I don't know. It, it part of it. Look, last semester it it was easier in a sense that you know I had one face to face class that had five people. Mm-hmm. I had another face to face class that had seven. And so I was able to space them out. I didn't feel, you know, that we were in danger or anything. Um, but so many people are coming back this semester. Like right now, my first block has um, 19 people in it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Anything over 16, I can tell you right now, I can't socially distance them appropriately. Right. Because I've measured it out. Um, my second block class has 21. Yep. Nope. And my last block class had, also has 21. Um, other there, teachers there is almost no social distancing yeah mm-hmm. teachers have as, have as much as 24 and 25 kids yeah and that doesn't make any sense and how why would they allow that they should have done caps based on spacing availability in that person's classroom yeah because you may as well if you're going to have 20 if you can only social distance 16 and you're going to have over that well hell you may as well have everybody everybody back in the classroom because i mean yeah it's not safe so uh, I don't know. I'm I no no. I mean, and you know, in our case, uh, uh, Beyonce slash Lisa, she's someone who benefits from being in class. Like she has, unfortunately, very little interest in school. And yeah. while I we pref- would would prefer that she be in a classroom, you know, it's like yeah, we're weighing. Well, is it really worth the risk of her getting it? or passing it on. I mean, she's around us and, you know, our older grandmother and, you know, it's like, well, so, and then unfortunately with her, there's also like implications or issues that come from the fact that, you know, her parents are divorced. And so one parent might want to do one thing, another might not. And it just, it's, it's unfortunate. There's a lot of chaos that has, um, come uh come up as a result of the continued implications of COVID-19 yeah well and you know especially around here there's still so many people who don't believe in it who think (laughs) Um, I mean when I was just coming back from picking up lunch I saw like seven or eight kids maybe around T'Challa's age and they were out on a trampoline they're all boys they're wrestling Mm -hmm. of course none of them had masks on um, you know, I mean, it's just, I see it all the time. Um, and of course, you know, 90 or not 90, but a whole bunch of the people I see wearing masks have the masks below their nose. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like that does anything. Especially down yeah. Here. Oh yeah. And, and at school, it's an, a constant thing, you know, cover your nose. That's the thing all teachers say as we go down the hall now, mm-hmm. cover your nose, you know, it used to be, you know, get the hoodie off your head or. Yeah. <laughs> way now it's cover your nose um and i know that there have been also a few a few studies um or just the the fact that you know the intent is not to be in a social setting for a prolonged period of time because it really isn't good to have the the mask on all day i mean you think about what you're exhaling and ultimately inhaling back um because what is it the the what carbon dioxide um, if you have the mask on for extended periods of time, it means that you're not getting enough oxygen in. Um, but I just think that as of right now, the biggest thing is that, you know, people go out and do a few things here and there, 
if they absolutely need to. But, you know, that is also an issue inside of the classroom. You're in there with students for however many hours. And, you know, if you're if you're supposed to wear the mask that whole time, you know, that can't be good either. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I hate it for you. Um, I mean, I'm glad I don't have to teach or be in a classroom. Yeah. Um, but it does scare me because, you know, Kay's back on the road. You know that the, the cases are getting worse. Um, yeah. There are, I've been hearing people, hearing from people that work in hospital systems about basically there being no beds, there being, yeah. you know, it just, and I'm like, for the people who are just um, want to ignore what's going on you know i'm like it's frustrating for the oh those of us for example in georgia where you see people being so careless and it's like well why aren't these idiots the ones getting in you know i've reached a point now where i know people who have not only gotten covid but have died from covid and so i'm like you know i don't want to i'm not willing to roll the dice I'm fearful for Kay being on the road as long as he is. And the fact that not only is he on the road and of course having to deliver whatever, but he is a trainer. So he has trainees come into his truck. Um, And so I'm like, you know, are they asymptomatic? Do they have COVID? Because I am sure the company he works for is not very stringent when it comes to those things. Uh Um, And so I'm fearful because I know that I told him, that I honestly feel like if he was to get it, I don't think he would survive it because he has other underlying health issues. Yeah. And that's scary. I had somebody the other day telling me, you know, oh, it's not that bad. You know, these people are dying. They're dying from, you know, other things. It's not COVID that's killing them. I said, I said, do you think that AIDS is dangerous? And they said, of course. And I said, well, very few people die of AIDS. Right. Mm-hmm. complications and yes right it is the same thing i said you get covid and because of the other conditions the related things the right the things that's caused you know as a result of having gotten covid it manifests yeah. into all these other things with your lungs and with you know and, and it's just i mean it is scary and i don't know it's like yeah i don't know what else needs to happen for people to be like you know oh shit this really is a thing because it's like yeah. you would think that by with the millions of cases there are and the hundreds and thousands of deaths that people would be like, oh yeah, this is a big deal, but no. And I mean, I think part of it too is that, you know, why maybe some people it hasn't clicked yet is because there are still individuals out there who are willing to take precautions, who will be wearing their mask, who will kind of help to keep that at bay. But I I don't know, it it feels, (laughs) sometimes it feels a bit apocalyptic or whatever, but um, yeah. And then the, there being now a new strain of it. And of course it was just over in the UK and then they came over here. And even though they don't know, for, or at least it, they were saying it doesn't show that it's um, any more dangerous. It's just more, it's it's more highly contractable, I guess. Or yeah, yeah, it's so, yeah. yeah. So it's just, I don't know. The world is is still crazy. I'm still being hopeful about 2021. I mean, there've been things to already happen that, give me pause but i'm still trying to remain optimistic about um this new year yeah um yeah you're right there already things have happened that are you know i don't know but uh <laughs> still there there have been positive things as well um 
I, for one, am glad that Trump has now been permanently banned from Twitter. Yes. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I sent you that article. I made a note of it to, to mention it um, at today's show. Um, and I know that there's certainly his, his base are not happy about that. Um, and, you know, there's like, oh, well, what about free speech? And it's like, yeah, but when it incites all of these horrible things with just, I mean, when when they did the, I guess you could almost say the march on the Capitol or just the protesting there, I, I just, I found it very hard to understand as I saw images on my screen, the, you know, of course there were people without masks, then there were people with masks. And it's like, you know, you're, you're supporting this person who kind of doesn't even believe in that stuff. Obviously when he got COVID on, you know, because he had the best healthcare in the world, you know, it wasn't something that like it, I, I, I it's just my, my head hurts. It just yeah. really, really hurts. So, so yeah. Um, him being banned from Twitter, I think is really cool. In the article I had shared with you, you know, they talked about, it's not just like him, but if he tries to go through another avenue or anything like that, it's basically, um, sorry, not just his account, it's him, <laughs> you know? So it's like, no, you can't be on Twitter. Um, they were saying that hopefully, you know, like Facebook and YouTube and that kind of stuff will follow suit, but yeah. You know, I, I think that all he ever does is something to incite, to inflame, to it, it's there's nothing positive um, with what he puts out there. Right. The fact that the majority of what he puts out there is just crap that he makes up. And so if he believes it's true, then it must be true. Um, I just I, I don't know. But I am grateful that that um, that he, we won't have to be hearing about oh he sent out this stupid tweet so yeah definitely um so in uh related uh important news uh i've been reading uh this book called the odyssey <laughs> okay it's not that odyssey right it's not oh okay because i'm like uh okay now, this one is all about um you know the kiss album music from the elder oh jesus <laughs> So you remember when I had my big KISS project and I listened to everything mm -hmm. that they had done, right? Yeah. I, I told you that at that time, Music from the Elder, I thought was maybe one of the worst albums ever, right? Okay. So it's become kind of this cult thing, right? Some people really like it in the KISS community. So um, I've been reading this book all about it, right? Mm -hmm. It happened, <laughs> right? And so it's like 500 pages, right? I'm like halfway through it. And so I've gone back and I've listened to the entire album now uh, within the last two weeks, I'd say three times. Okay. And, um, and I, will, I will say, I'm not, I'm not changing my mind and saying, oh, it's a fantastic album, but maybe I was a little harsh. I don't think it's one of the worst albums of all time. Okay, you know? so you have a little bit more perspective. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's such a strange album for Kiss. Okay. Because it doesn't sound anything like Kiss. I mean, there's like one song on it. I'd go, oh yeah, that could have been on any Kiss album, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of it. So I actually made T'Challa listen to most of the album yesterday. Right. Okay. <laughs> T'Challa, who is not, by the way, a huge Kiss fan. Understandably so. Not really at all. Right? Yeah, I, I like Kiss, but I'm not like like a groupie like he is. I'm used to Kiss Army, right? <laughs> <laughs> which i did join the kiss army and i got they sent me like a little button anyway um 
So, yeah. No, I'm not a groupie because that'd be like somebody who's like sucking off like, you know, somebody to get backstage. I'm right? pretty sure that's what you're doing. Exactly. You would if you could. No, no. I just, <laughs> right? I'm with they T'Challa just, on that one. In my body, I promise you. <laughs> but, um, so T'Challa, tell the audience, which I think is probably Gwen and Latoya, tell, mm-hmm. <laughs> tell the audience what you felt about music from The Elder. Wasn't bad. I mean, it, it felt like something that would be playing in the background of Beastmaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorcery thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that's about it. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't really feel strongly about it one way or the other. Um, it wasn't my favorite exactly, but I mean. Yeah. Um, it was good. Yeah, there were several songs I remember, you know, when you first, you said, yeah, this is not bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, most Kiss albums are like fucking music, right? What, what? Mm-hmm. They're music to have sex by, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of got a fast beat. The lyrics tend to be about sex. You know, there's... You just, just described rock. Yeah, so there's Love Gun, right? Love Gun is actually about his dick, right? You're kidding me. Oh, jeez. Love Gun. And then there's there's a song called Rocket Ride, which has lyrics like, "Hey, you know, she wants to ride. She wants to take a ride. I have the rocket. Let's mm-hmm. have a rocket ride. The rocket is his dick, right? Right. Uh, that one's not so thinly veiled, but okay. Yeah. Well, Love Gun's pretty clear. I want to shoot you with my Love Gun. You know. Anyway, um, most of their songs are like that, right? So with music from the Elder, though, this is more like uh, I. I feel like I would enjoy the album a lot more if I were high. Okay. <laughs> it okay. Feels like, it feels like that kind of rock, you know? Um, but there's like, there's like fanfares with like, you know, medieval instruments. Oh, that's kind um, of cool. You have Paul Stanley who's like trying to sing in this like falsetto voice. <laughs> that's really hard for him. You can tell. You can tell it's hard for him. Um, you have Gene Simmons, you know, who, who, is mostly known for writing the songs about his dick, right? Singing a ballad called A World Without Heroes. And uh, it, the whole thing is just like, it reminds me a little bit of Root Box by Robbie Williams. Mm-hmm. In the, in, there are individual moments on that album that are good. But there's also kind of a general sense that nobody had a plan for the album. And nobody looked at Robbie and said, no. <laughs> right. right? Um, yeah. So I think with this one, because... I, I definitely get that feeling. Yeah. Peter Chris, who was the drummer, he had just left the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ace Fraley was about to leave the band. He never actually left the band. He just stopped returning their calls. Um, <laughs> so how, okay. All right. Yeah. He, like, he, like, he like ghosted them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul and Gene... And they both didn't feel like making an album, but the studio was like, you got to make an album, Mm -hmm. which is always a recipe for disaster. And so they had a producer who said, hey, let's make a concept album. And so you have like the whole band is just like, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So nobody is really like gives a damn about this album. Right. And I think you can tell. Um, When it comes out, it's usually every time I listen to it, and I can't listen to it like all the way through in one sitting. I just can't. Mm-hmm. 
haven't done that yet. I will get like halfway through it and I just have to say, I have to take a break. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's a long album. It's like an hour and something. <laughs> but at some point, I'm just like, I just got to do something else. And then, <laughs> then I'll come back, you know. But um, but anyway, that's what I've been reading and listening to. Um, okay. but this, I have, um, I'm taking the album and the songs and using it as the blueprint for uh, Lazarus Gray Volume 14. So it, it'll be like a concept novel based on... <laughs> well, I think I probably, unless I tell people or they're hardcore KISS fans, nobody will know. Okay. The villain of the novel is going to be a guy named Mr. Blackwell, who's the villain of the concept album, right? There's a song called Mr. Blackwell. Um, I'm going to have a chapter called Escape from the Island, which is the, the title of the instrumental track that's on the, al- uh, on the album. Um, there is going to be a, uh, a chapter inspired by a world without heroes, right? That's um, really cool. Yeah. Like, so yeah. And, and I'm actually taking some of the lines are, from are this you, song are called, you about writing this? Yeah, he's serious. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think it's a bad idea? <laughs> I, I just thought you were joking. <laughs> no. no, I think it's really cool actually. Yeah. Some of the lines from this song called the boy, I'm actually going to use his dialogue in the novel. Um, Good but for you. <laughs> I sense a lack of excitement coming from you, T'Challa. Okay. But it, look, it's like I would be writing the novel anyway. Right. It's still a Lazarus Gray novel. I'm, it's not like I'm doing something like Kiss did when doing like a 180 degree turn and people are going to go, what the hell is this? Right. It's just, they're, think of it as Easter eggs. Right. You know, for me, probably more than anybody, right? But um, maybe well, yeah, I, I think it's kind of like it's keeping you interested in the writing because I mean you write yeah. you write a lot obviously and sometimes things get formulaic or boring. This is right. it adds a little bit of excitement into the yeah. writing, and so the fact that you're you're doing it, you're inspired by an an you know an album, and weaving it into the fabric of the um the novel, I think is really really cool. Yeah, thank you. See, yeah. So maybe so I'm hoping somebody will read it and go, is this, you know, have any relation to, you know, music from the elder, you know, but I at which point you'll just like geek out and be like, oh yes. my God, yes, it is. Let me tell yes. you all about it. You got it. <laughs> I can think of calling it, um, you know, the adventures of Lazarus Gray volume 14, the elder. So it's going to be in the title. That's so cool. Yeah. But. So, I mean, have you found that this is your writing process or you writing this album is coming a lot faster than maybe recent ones or? No, not really. Anytime I write Lazarus Gray, it goes pretty fast. Um, okay. I write Lazarus Gray novels in about half the time I do other novels. I don't know why. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I just started it last week and I'm like almost 6,000 words in. And Jeez, wow. You know, and I don't think actually I've incorporated much up from the album in it yet. Um, Hmm. that is really cool i like it so um what have you been doing oh oh, should we tell tell everybody about our holiday yeah that's what i was gonna say what about christmas so tell us about how christmas well no i'm gonna talk about our holiday no i know what you're talking about but we never did you know obviously we took a break before christmas well you know tell us what what happened for your christmas 
Yeah, uh, we also have Festivus. You know, we did both. <laughs> um, you know, Christmas it was, is, our, it was our ethnic holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we kind of talked a, a little bit about the show because um, our last episode, I think, was right after T'Challa and I had had our Christmas. Mm-hmm. Wasn't going to be with me on Christmas Day. Right. Um, so on Christmas that weekend, I think uh, Draconara came over and um, I gave her a couple of presents that I got her. Um, she is a huge Johnny Depp fan. So yeah. I got her like a little collection of uh, Johnny Depp movies. Oh, cool. And um, this pillowcase that had like, um, it was divided into like four squares that connected to make his face. But each square was a different character of his. So, like, you had Johnny, no, not Johnny, you had uh, Jack Sparrow on one, um, Willy Wonka on one, um, Edward Scissorhands was one, and I think uh, the Mad Hatter from Alice was the other one. Um, So that was kind of cool. I never realized that Festivus actually typically falls on my birthday. Yeah, Festivus is on your birthday, yeah. Yeah, did not realize that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, of course, with Festivus, you know, you always have the airing out of grievances. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, things that your family has done to disappoint you in the past year. Um, and the feats of strength, where the head of the household uh, wrestles those who would wish to challenge him. <laughs> uh, you know, so, and, but yeah. Anything you wanted to add? Because you, you, T'Challa, actually took a trip to Atlanta on Christmas Day. Yes, I did. How did that go? Um, good. <laughs> oh my God. That's so okay. All right. It was painful. You didn't like the futon then? No, I did not. Oof. No one likes the futon. Uh, in my life, I have owned several futons, and every futon at some point has broken. Yeah, they're not very comfortable. I mean, it's like they, in theory, they're great, but in practice, no. It's cheaper just to get a cheap air mattress. <laughs> That's true. True. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I will take I will take the cheapest air mattress known to man over a futon. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So what about you, uh, Latoya? How was your Christmas? Oh, it was actually really good. I mean, you know, despite coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's for my birthday, which obviously fell before Christmas. My, it, it was my 40th birthday. So now I'm now officially old. Um, and we all met over at my parents' house. We uh, did a sleepover. That was what I wanted to do for my 40th to, to commemorate that birthday since we <laughs> couldn't go anywhere else. So we had a sleepover. Uh, you know, my mom made dinner. We had dessert. And we actually opened a few presents early um, on that day. So, you know, I had my birthday and then there was a, a break. And then we moved on to like celebrating Christmas a little earlier starting to so we opened presents from our extended family the family that we would normally also see on Christmas day had it been a normal Christmas um and then so we had the sleepover and then we had our quote-unquote Christmas morning um we did on Christmas Eve so we did all of our opening of presents and all of that stuff on Christmas Eve um 
there was a ton of presence this year, which was crazy. It felt like, well, I know in some cases we were saying that we spent more this year on Christmas than the previous years. And, you know, which is funny considering that, you know, the economy is the way it is and people are without jobs and, you know, just, you know, fortunately for, for all of us in my family, with the exception of, of um, Miles, since he works in the entertainment industry, we've essentially been unimpacted. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, you know, our work has continued that kind of thing. But, but yeah, so we, tons of gifts. And, um, and then the day after we met up at my brother and sister-in-law's house um, to watch Wonder Woman, of course, 1984. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a really great time. Kay was home for two weeks. So he came home on my birthday, essentially, and uh, didn't go back until I think it was this Tuesday. And it was nice because essentially we were both, we just, you know, kind of, we were hermits the entire time, granted. But we never had to set an alarm clock. We got to sleep, do whatever, you know, it was it was just a really super chill time. So it was very difficult getting back into the office in the new year after having been off for two weeks. I mean, I was ready to be back, but I didn't realize that by me declaring that I was ready, that my body and my mind would be, would go into chaos. And so the night before I got back in the office, um, I got all of an hour of sleep. I missed my first meeting because I slept through it. (laughs) Even though my alarm went off and Cade, for whatever reason, just turned it off and didn't say anything to me. It's like, dude, the alarm wasn't set for you. So um, anyway, it's, it's, it's been an interesting first week in the office. Uh, and I'm just having to deal with a lot of insomnia issues. So my sleep, you know, sleep schedule this week has, has ranged from getting only an hour of sleep to getting like five hours of sleep. So, um, so yeah, I am hoping that things will calm itself down, but I am still, I mean, again, I'm still glad that it's 2021. I had a really great Christmas time, um, you know, still super disappointed that we did not get to spend Christmas day with, um, with our cousins like we normally do, mm-hmm. but we did do the whole zoom thing. So we, we all still took part in secret Santa. So on Christmas day, we all logged on to zoom and went around and, you know, the room kind of thing and open gifts. And, you know, you have to, when you, we do it either from youngest to oldest or oldest to youngest, whichever. And mm-hmm. then you, you know, you get three guesses to, to see who gave you the gift. And so part of the fun is in that, like, usually each year, one or two people will get it on the first guess. Um, but I mean, again, it was just an opportunity for us to still share in, in part of our Christmas tradition, even though we couldn't be together. So, so yeah, um, it was good. I'm ready for um, my next vacation. <laughs> <laughs> my next off day <laughs> yeah i'm already looking forward to the 18th which is the next day the uh, schools are on a uh, holiday exactly yeah i'm like um what is that mlk um i like that you know the first couple months of the year it feels like each almost each month there's at least a day that i get to take off during the week um since most of the holidays fall on mondays uh but 
I've already decided that going forward. So normally I would take off a full week for, for Thanksgiving and then the basically from my birthday until the new year off, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to start doing it where I basically work up until Thanksgiving. So I'll work the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and I'll just take off Thursday, Friday, since, you know, most people are off black Friday anyway. And then I will um, proceed with doing what I have been doing with being off from my birthday forward. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a great downtime. I mean, I did for the first time in a while feel completely rested, completely de-stressed until I realized I had to go back to work, at which point I cursed Kenrick for not having won the lottery because I'm like, I'm so over this whole working thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I've, I've, in my case, anyway, I mean, I've been working since I was in high school, but, you know, I've had to work harder than maybe I should have during different times of my life. And so I'm just kind of a little burned out from it and burned out from feeling like I have to be the primary breadwinner, you know, I'm like, there are times where I just want to be able to say, you know, screw it. I don't want to do anything. So it's life though. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk about something more in- interesting, which is the anniversary you were talking about. So yes, you and I have a anniversary that <laughs> I guess you could say is our anniversary. Yeah. Um, our, it's our BFF version of anniversary. It's our BFF day, but specific to us. Uh, so tell the audience about, the RWTF day. Yeah, so we have the uh, what the fuck did we just do day. Um, and it goes back I don't to... I think I know this one. <laughs> no. Uh, January 8th of 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, a day that started off like any other. Yep. Uh, and uh, there was going to be a board meeting that day. And... Well, it's funny. You said like any other, but I remember during that time, your stress levels had started to go up. That's and true. you had at that point had started taking medication for depression and stuff, which you never had to do before. Yeah. I mean, there, there've been various stresses at work mm-hmm. for a month, a few months anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, that particular day, um, I actually thought, okay, I've, I didn't think anything major was going to happen. Right. Uh, no more than the usual annoyances, but um, in the end, uh, you know, there were some stuff that went down <laughs> at the board meeting and, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do these things. And uh, so I ended up resigning. And um, uh, then you decided to resign in solidarity with me. Well, yeah, because I think it was, wasn't it before we we had kind of prepped our resignations in the event that, because we knew something was right. going to come to a head at some point. And right. so this way we'd be ready. So I believe that that day you had both my and yours um and was like it was like you know mic drop boom i'm out right yeah i already yeah. had mine written and you already had yours written yep um but i didn't think we were gonna have to use them that day mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but yeah what were they demanding of you um you know it would take too long to go into the whole background of it okay. um but basically there was some uh, budget issues involved and we had come up with a plan so that we would, I think, have let go some of our part-time people, but all of our full-time people, the people who, I mean, this was their career, we would have saved them. Um, we just would have had to do, all of us would have had to do more. 
right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was, uh, in particular, one person on the board who thought that the best way to save money was to get rid of one large salary uh, that was named uh, Latoya. <laughs> one large uh, color <laughs> yeah. um, salary, yep. Yeah, she had said things in the past, this person, who I probably shouldn't name for fear of uh, like libel or something. Mm-hmm. There was this individual who had made comments before about, you know, Latoya being uppity. And not Which is not something you want to say to someone of color, if yes. you, unless you want to get bitch slapped. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> and uh, that Latoya didn't know her place. Mm-hmm. And so um, I felt it was pretty obvious that, if not the entire reason, a good reason that this person was, wanted to get rid of Latoya was uh, Latoya's, you know, alleged, uh, you know, color. <laughs> my alleged color i love it well, i said alleged <laughs> yeah 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 there's some like melatonin in the skin and mm-hmm. all very black <laughs> yeah if you kind of look at you know just natural swagger and music and everything i'm blacker than she is yes that is correct so yeah but um so i i said i wasn't you know going to do that and um i think actually what i said was i said you know if you want somebody to do that you probably need somebody else in this position and they're like are you resigning and i was like i guess i am and then immediately one person who was his first board meeting says you know i make a motion that we accept his his resignation yep <laughs> and somebody else says i second it and then damn it i was out of a job because <laughs> yeah it was it was one of the first me because normally I would attend the board meetings and I uh-huh. actually was not in the room. I mean, I was in the room next door, but I was not in the room for that, that part of the meeting. Like, I think I was there for the first part and then, yeah. then they had to, you know, then they went into, I guess, kind of like a closed session or whatever. Well, and executive session and asked me to leave, mm-hmm. Yep, which is very unusual. And, uh, and I think that was when after you once that happened is when you got that thing printed out and we were like, yeah. okay, this might be the day kind of thing. Because yeah. when I, I stepped out of um, the room, I remember saying something to the person who had an office in between mine and the meeting room. And they didn't look at me or respond. Mm-hmm. I knew then that they knew what was going to happen at this meeting. And it explained a lot to me for how other people had been acting that day. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a lot of people knew what was coming, except for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. um, which, you know, still kind of annoys me. But anyway. Well, it does more than just annoy me. It's still something that causes, causes me a great deal of stress. And I do get emotional about it. Because, yeah. you know, I feel like it was the whole situation was, was handled terribly. Um, it made me feel as though my contribution to the library system of, you know, over 12 years by that point Mm -hmm. was diminished. Like it did not matter. And, you know, I'm like, I knew what I brought to the table. I knew all the things I had done and sacrificed for working, um, you know, staying at the library. And so I think it was interesting to see people that you thought were your friends to, basically go silent on you and um you know I'm like but I've never done anything to you I've always made sure that you were taken care of 
Um, you know, we were never mean to any of our employees. Um, and we always, you know, always took into account what was going on with them. In some cases, we provided them with, with um, basically stuff that a, a regular employer might not, yeah. you know, um, but it still, it still pains me. Um, there was at one point though, the only, the, the one time I thought, or it was certainly a couple of years later, one of our former employees had sent me a message and said that she wanted to thank me for all the things I had done. Cause you know, until up until it wasn't until we left that we realized that she realized just how much I had done. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, well, that's nice. You know, I mean, it, it, it did mean and still does mean a lot, but it still hurts to know that there are people that, you know, again, that I was friends with or felt like I was friends with at the time that I've never heard from again. Yeah. I mean, one person specifically, but, um, yeah. you know, I felt like her not saying anything really mm -hmm. just kind of cut me like a knife. So, yeah. And there are several people that, you know, in years since then, I mean, I have reached out to you in a professional way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, when I was running Key Club, it was like, you know, oh, maybe we could volunteer to do something at the library fair because my kids need volunteer hours. Mm -hmm. And I would contact, um, I contacted the person I think we're both thinking of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I contacted the, uh, the current director. Yeah, no, like she's, that person's not the person that I felt like I was friends with that should have, that should have continued, because no, it's the other person that I know that you know I'm talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, but you always had, yeah, anyway. <laughs> that person, that person was, was, you know, not your friend, even when you thought they were your friend. Yeah, uh, that is, that's true, but that, yeah. well, and that was, see, that was your hire. And, you, you know, I have always given you grief about that from that day. So whatever. Mm. Oh, so much stuff. But yeah. so, yeah, each year we um, celebrate this day, um, which is kind of, you know, it's a bittersweet day, which, you know, is, is indicative of life and everything else, I think. So it's, it's fitting that it's a bittersweet kind of um, celebration. But uh, we usually buy each other a gift on that day. And um and yeah, it's our WTF, um, did we just do uh, yeah. day? And it's on our calendars, so we remember. <laughs> yeah. I did want to also say, um, you know, because I posted a little bit about it on Facebook, you know, mm -hmm. that for me, I remember, you know, I still have, sometimes have library dreams. Um, I, 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 yeah, I had one last week. I had PTSD for ages after it. Mm -hmm. um, I still suffer from a little bit of it as a result yeah. of that. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I did love that job. I want to be in that job the rest of my life. Yeah. And you, you had said it countless times. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I felt like, you know, someone very close to me <laughs> and close to you as well, Dajala, um, <laughs> felt like I had made a huge mistake and that I should have just agreed to do what they want and then looked for another job to have a job before I quit, which makes perfect sense. Yes. Uh, In an ideal situation. So T'Challa, whenever you can, that is the ideal situation. Yeah. Find one before you leave one. Right. As opposed to leaving one and, <laughs> but up until that point in my life, 
I told this to my students one time when I was talking about it. I said, what, up until that point in my life, I felt like I never lost. Mm-hmm. I felt like everything that I'd ever really gone after, I got. I felt like things always worked out for me. And I was completely and totally confident that it would again. And I remember telling um, everybody, oh, I'm going to get another job. It's going to be a great job. I'm going to get it. Because why wouldn't they hire me? I'm me. Right, so, right. I'm we awesome. both were. We were, what, in, interviewed by the newspaper. And we thought, oh, yeah, sure. We're just going to move yeah. on to something else. Yeah, something else good. Uh, but, you know, I, uh, I applied for quite a few jobs. I did get them. And all of a sudden, plus we were also like, what I mean, it really it is what it is. We were blackballed when it came to being able to get back into libraries. Yeah, nobody would. Which, right, which that in itself, and I mean, granted, I still pay for my 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 uh, certification or whatever. That in itself spoke volumes because we knew people at the state level, like personally. Yeah. Um, and we it it just they went silent there was nothing from there there was no support there was no you know oh I'm sorry I'm nothing there was and and it I mean that kind of that also adds to the PST PTSD and the scarring from that whole thing but go ahead sorry you know why why did they do that I, I think there were people who were still at the library who were saying things about us that made people hesitant to hire us and I think, too, I think that while what we did at the same time showed solidarity, I think there are people who saw it as, wow, if the director and the assistant director resign at the same time, there was something bad going on. Right, which wasn't even the case at all. And the fact that neither uh, Latoya nor I badmouthed the people on the board because we wanted to still work at other libraries I, I think there was one side saying bad things and then we weren't saying anything. And so people just, you know, assumed that what they were being told was true. Yeah. Cause I didn't. And like you said, I mean, I didn't feel like it was appropriate in any um, in, environment to, to, to nitpick over, okay, well, this person right. did this. And I'm like, it just, it wasn't important it wasn't relevant really it was just oh we were not happy with the way things were starting to turn on the board and we decided ultimately it was best to leave that's it you know I'm like I don't want to dredge up any specifics yeah so So, uh, yeah it it, yeah there were I think times where people thought that we were like you said we're both engaged in wrongdoing whether it was like oh well they're actually um they're together or whatever it's like uh no (laughs) i mean you know we went out to lunch every day together and stuff but it was never one of those things where it's like you know other people were invited anyone could come with us it wasn't there was no wrongdoing or any sneaky stuff going on it was just you know it it was just part of our routine um so yeah i did get upset at the thought that people thought that we were somehow involved with each other or doing something inappropriate and it's like um uh, if we're doing it in the brick or at whatever, you know, wherever we're yeah. eating, but it's, yeah. but yeah, it, um, yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so after, after I didn't get this wonderful new job, um, I don't think I completely knew how to handle that. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Getting the job that I hated, that made me feel bad. And that just kind of caused me to spiral in all sorts of self-destructive ways. And, um, 
so I, you know, I kind of go back to that day and, and, and I think, <laughs> what yeah. the did I just do? Yeah. I mean, we literally blew up our lives because yeah, my yeah. life was, I guess, followed a somewhat similar vein. It was interesting the day that it, we gave the resignation. I remember calling my husband and saying, yeah, I resigned. And then like the next phone call was me calling my brother to say, oh, can we move in with you? I'm going to sell the house. Yeah. And he, I mean, he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, you know, my brother's super chill, but that part of it, like there was such a numbness that, you know, it's like after the meeting realizing, okay, I don't have another a job, but yeah. you know, in my head, it hadn't quite settled, but that whole experience of like, okay, I'm going to sell and put my house up for sale, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, the first people who saw it bought it, but it was just this chaos this you know I mean I left I enjoyed I liked where I lived um I wouldn't say it would, would have ultimately been my forever house but it it would have sufficed um but it our lives definitely changed that was definitely a fork moment uh yeah. fork in the road moment and nothing has been the same since I've even seen uh, individuals from the library world since then and yeah. it's still clear that they feel like there was something sinister or something that ha had happened, despite the fact that I'm like, I'm pretty much an open book. I'm, you know, you ask me, I'm going to respond to you and I'm not going to tell you a lie. So mm -hmm. it's, it's been very strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, um, you know, and I'm Facebook friends now with, you know, uh, Virginia and Kel and a few people from that time. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not Facebook friends with anyone who, was there at the time that all of this happened. So I'm, you know, I am Facebook friends with like Lisa and Kel. Um, yeah. And of course they had left before then, but no one who is currently in the, um, who currently works there are my Facebook friends with. Yeah, I think the only one I am is Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was, uh, I remember the first person I called was um, the child's mom, of course. Mm -hmm. And I was very upset at the time. And, uh, and she said, no, 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 you did the right thing. You know, you stood up for what you believed in, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be okay. And uh, by the time I got home, her uh, opinion had changed. Mm. <laughs> okay. By the time I got home, she was very angry. I was like, what the hell did you just <laughs> Yeah, she was like, why did you do this when you didn't have another job? And, and I remember she said that she felt like I had chosen another woman over her. Wow. It certainly wasn't like that. And she no. Said, <laughs> she, said, well, she said she didn't believe you and I had anything going on, but she said that I had, I had given up my job to protect you when I should have been thinking about protecting her and T'Challa. And, you know, I, I see where she was coming from. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. And, you know, she's probably right to a degree. Um, but I felt like I felt like I was doing something that was right. Right. And I had always believed until that point that if you do the right thing, things are going to work out. Mm -hmm. And I always, I always believed that. And, you know, maybe it did eventually, but damn, it took a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Having said that, I like where I am now. I like where I work. Um, I like what I do. And you know, I don't have to worry about a board or anybody trying to stab me in the back. Actually, um, you kind of do. I board do? Board of Education. 
Yeah, but I, yeah, but they don't deal with me. There's they, so many people between me and them. Okay. They, they don't stab you in the back. <laughs> yeah. They stab the administration in the back, and then the administration stabs you in your spleen. <laughs> okay. All right. But I mean, there's always going to be people above you, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I still feel like you know. Foster Jeff Bezos. Yeah. That's just like every now and then I look at you know the the assistant principals and stuff, and I'm like, you know, I I sometimes I feel like I could do a better job in some ways. But, but I then just, you remember what it's like to be that high up on the pole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be an assistant principal. I don't want to be a principal. I don't want to be on the board. Mm-hmm. I don't anywhere near that. I just want to stay in my classroom. That's all I want to do. Um, I'm not even sure I'd want to be a department chair. Uh, True. Yeah. Even then, I think maybe that's getting too high. Um, so I've, I've, I've been higher up in an organization and, uh, and I'm fine being lower now. Well, yeah, it's like, yeah, you've reached, we've reached the mountaintop and, you know, that fall is, is, is a difficult fall from that, but it also puts a lot into perspective because, you know, I mean, again, I remember watching you grow increasingly more and more depressed and angry um and you know it it was difficult just seeing the dynamic of the board shift um we had always been very open book with them about stuff um I know that we felt like they could have been more involved than they were and the frustration of them seemingly wanting to be involved at that particular point but not listen or or come to us about okay why does this do you know to find out more of the specifics it just like I said that whole thing was just uncomfortable and it I mean it yeah it it changed my life completely it's still there is still PTSD around it um and so you know when when I came and was it last year we saw each other for the first time since we'd left the library and I think like the week following that, I was in a very, very um, dark period. <laughs> and, you know, it's like just being back in Milledgeville and kind of almost going back to an old routine where it's like, oh, we're going to go have, you know, like lunch or dinner together or whatever. And being in that place and just remembering the last, the last time that you and I were both in that same place, what had happened. Yeah, um, yeah I am I, feeling like, I almost feel like I don't ever want to go back to Milledgeville. Um, Because, I mean, I still, I guess I just, I still haven't gotten over it. I haven't gotten past it. I mean, I've, you know, yeah, we move on or at least life keeps going on. But, but like you said, it's like up until that point, you felt like, you know, if you gave your best, you did your best, you were truthful and all that kind of thing that like that everything was going to work itself out. And in this case where it's like, we, we did the right thing, but the results were completely, (laughs) you know, uh, it, it just, it's. And then, of course, you know, I think you and I have talked about it. We felt like it was almost like a, a, a karma thing because of how the previous director left. Um, yes, but yes. I felt like, you know, that person was, will, was able to go on and there were, you know, oh, here's recommendations. And that person moved on to an even bigger job, yeah. even after everything that happened under that regime. And yet with us, it was just kind of like you know, okay, too bad, so sad, bye. 
Yeah, but the, the difference in the two situations were is that when she left, the only person who really still had her back was the chair of the board. And so he gave her great recommendations and stuff. Mm-hmm. As when I left, uh, really the only person who definitely didn't have my back was the chair of the board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very instrumental, I think, in making sure that nobody else was going to hire me. So, um, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still painful. And, you know, I mean, in my case, you know, one of my masters is, is a direct result of, you know, being in libraries. The second one was indirectly um, a result of it because it was a job function that I did within the library system. So it's like, it's the, it, I'll never be free of it because for one, you know, I'm still paying st- student loans and every day I come in the office and look at those pieces of paper on the wall and, you know, I can't ever forget, <laughs> you know, yeah. just as exciting as it is to have two masters, there's that undertone of, well, you know, as a result of this, this ultimately happened. And, and so, yeah, it, it does kind of, it's, it's a lot. So we do have to, we do commemorate it every year. And so this year you gave me a gift card, which I appreciated. And I ordered stuff off of your, your list for you. I think one is supposed to arrive today. Well, I gave you a gift card and then the, one of your gifts arrives today. And I think another one of them arrives tomorrow or something. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I haven't gotten things you sent me yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I checked today on, on Amazon and, and so, yeah. And I think like maybe part of, because of this, day or whatever it looming um, may play into kind of part of why I'm feeling as anxious and stressed as I do right now but you know again it is what it is so um kind of moving on Uh, yay (laughs) the uh the last episode of a teacher it was yeah yeah uh the last episode of a teacher aired Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, it was good uh if there's, I don't see how, I don't think there could be a second season uh, unless it was a completely different story. Okay. You know, with like the same kind of topic, I guess. So if they do it as a anthology kind of thing instead of. Yeah. I know it was a big hit, but um, so at the end, I, the last episode was good. It skipped several years and showed you how the teacher um, was now and also how. Um, the boy, the student was. Yeah, it's it was just a mini series. There doesn't look like there's um, plans for a sequel. Yeah, and uh, it did feature you know another meeting between the two characters, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it was it was it was good. Um, I would recommend it. You know, even though uh, you know you'll probably be like me and go, you know, you can see they make <laughs> gigantic mistakes mm-hmm. again and again. I mean, it was like they watched the same ethics video I did, only and decide, oh, let's see what happens if you do everything opposite of how. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's worth a watch. Um, I've also been um, still moving through Pretty Little Liars. I'm up mm-hmm. to, I have like three episodes left in season two, which has had 25 episodes. <laughs> yep. I mean. Even for the old time TV series, 25 is a lot. Yeah, it was almost uh, soap opery in that sense, in that regard. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, the other night I was looking, I was like, God, how long has the season been? I'd watched 20 episodes. There's still like five to go. <laughs> so I'm hoping that by the end of season two, we find out who A is. Because mm-hmm. I'm getting kind of tired of this now. But mm-hmm. but then there's like another five seasons. So exactly. <laughs> That's why I was like, really? You want to find out at the end of season two? Okay. <laughs> by this point now, I've watched 45 episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of ready to find out who the bad guy is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, then I, I assume there'll be another mystery, a different mystery from that point on. I don't know. But um, yeah, you'll, you'll see. You'll. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, I'm enjoying it still. Um, I've started watching Blackish. Yes. Like three episodes. Um, for some reason, I don't like just sitting around and like, binging 30 minute comedies yeah neither do i i'm i yeah i mean i will binge 30 minute shows but generally it's not comedies yeah it has to be like a drama or something like that no sometimes i'll do that with like american dad or uh, for some reason cartoons i can Hmm. but i don't know why but um i did start using that app you kept you know talking about yes tv time tv time and uh, you know i guess it's 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 okay Uh, Well, like I said, I like that I don't have to remember, you know, I check off the episodes I watch. And so if there's a lull between me watching it now and then, you know, like two weeks later picking up, I'm never in a position where I feel like, oh, crap, what episode did I leave it off in? Because I know. (laughs) And I mean, I watch so many when I, you know, sit down and count how many different TV shows. I think I watch like 60 or something. So, you know, it's important to have something like that to track all of them. Um, so I'm so glad you're using it. <laughs> my data, I think, is skewed. I don't even want to share it because I've been putting in. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So like it claims I've watched 3,367 episodes, um, but only 32 in the last seven days. Right. Yeah, that's what happened to you when I first started because I actually, it was me being, I don't know, manic. But I went in and I think I looked through almost the entire database or at least I on Wikipedia I went through like the list of all the American television shows like ever and I went through in TV time and marked the ones that I had watched so Mm -hmm. I went I was like I meant for this to be kind of a you know very an encyclopedia of my TV watching Um, they did of course fold in movies I'm not as good about putting movies I've watched in there because it's still for me it feels very TV driven but yeah, my statistics right now is uh, in my lifetime, I have spent 29 months, 12 days and 23 hours watching TV. Oh, there's a year 2020 on TV time. So like your Spotify thing, they apparently added this feature. Um, so it says, yeah, so my top for 2020, my most watched shows uh, included were um, number five, Upstairs, Downstairs. Number four, Awkward. Number three, Gossip Girl. Number two, Parks and Rec. And number one was Gilmore Girls. Um, my t- is TV Times top five shows. So TV Times most. So their top five shows, apparently, their number one show is Grey's Anatomy, which I've not, I haven't, I don't know. I haven't really had the itch to watch it um i don't know if i ultimately will but so my top binge show was gilmore girls huh one of my students just the other day uh was we were talking about what's your favorite tv shows and stuff and Mm -hmm. 
loves Grey's Anatomy, so she's watching it through for the fourth time. Jesus, is it? Oh wow! I just I don't know. Um, so yeah, my top binge has been is Gilmore Girls from 2020. My most watched network. Now that is a surprise to me. Is the CW? Um, I think it's because it's counting yeah. Gilmore Girls under CW. The their final season, they were on CW. Before that, they were on um, you know uh, one of the regular. Um, networks so my favorite genres is drama and comedy which is very true um i tracked 2.3k hang on what okay i tracked 2.3k i guess hours um or episodes and they said globally was 3.2 billion were tracked my weekly average um, is 43.7 I guess hours of television because <laughs> I told you it's like a second job it really is a second job um, so yeah I, that, that's cool they added that in there so it'll be cool for you next year to see your stats when it comes to television watching yeah some of it you know it's going to be slightly skewed because like um, I did not put in last man standing because I'm not a huge fan of the show. After all. Oh, okay. But I watched that with um, my mom, you know. So, like, really, I watched that, too. But it's like, I'm not going to track that. <laughs> it even tracked my fav- my top characters. Um, uh-huh. It tracked my top five TV characters. Well, no. My top five. And then, oh, the top five TV characters for everyone who uses um, TV time. Right. Number one is actually one of my favorites is Tom Ellis, who plays um, Lucifer, uh, Morningstar in, you know, the series Lucifer. I mm-hmm. love that show. Number two is Eddie Sam- Andy Samberg um, for Jake. I guess that would be Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I, I don't know. Eliza Taylor, I don't know. Oh, she's from the 100, Clark Griffin. Uh, number four is Viola Davis, um, obviously from How to Get Away with Murder. And I don't know this other one. So mm-hmm. my most liked comments. Um, so you can post on there. And of course, people can like what you say um, was for an episode of Murdoch Mysteries. Um, the TV Times most commented show is the 100. And so, yeah, 100 is on CW. And I did watch. I haven't watched this last season. But um, yeah, anyway, I that's pretty cool so yes i'm glad you're doing that um i've my movie time since i obviously haven't gone in there and put in all the movies i've seen so right now it's only saying that i've watched 17 days and two hour yeah two hours of um movies because i've only tracked 224 and i'm like no i've seen like at least quadruple that number so um i did so I, i did spend a lot of time um watching television during the time that we're off and so I really enjoyed it's a it's very short it's a British series well kind of British series the actress is Canadian but it's a series called The Duchess there's only six episodes uh and they're like 20 something minutes per episode I think you should watch it it is hilarious um I'm currently watching The Nick which is um, about like the Nickenbacker Hospital back in 1900. Um, I'm very, you know, I very much like, 
I guess anything from the mm, Victorian and Edwardian periods in time, um, and then the early early part of the 20th century. So like 1900 to about 1920s-ish um, are things that I just, I gravitate to. And the Nick obviously checks a lot of those boxes. It's a, a period piece and it's a medical one. I have never seen a show that it, that is like medical based that has freaked me out so much in terms of like, I can't, there are literally times in every episode I cannot look at the screen. It's that graphic because I mean they zoom in on what they're doing, and so you'll be seeing innards, and it's just uh, no. Um, this one of the last episodes I saw, this person's skull had been like the top part of their head had been had come off, and so mm. you just saw the exposed brain, and so they were doing um, like experiments in terms of like using electricity to um tap into the different nodes and you know like they were showing oh if i do this to this region it controls that person's hand or anyway but it was just so i mean it's it wasn't grotesque i guess it's the how it would really look but i could not I, it reminded me of why ultimately i could not have been a doctor because i wanted to be a doctor when i was a kid but i'm like i couldn't do any of that kind of stuff that no no so yeah i think that's like you know i think most kids not you but most kids uh you know at some point want to be a vet um and then you realize wait that it doesn't mean people are just going to bring animals to you and you can pet them right right you're going to be like in, in agony or in pain or you're putting them down it's like oh oh yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I did see a lot of stuff. I did, of course, finish up. I think I finished Superstore before we left the air. I'm not sure. But I start. I did watch Tiny Pretty Things, um, which is one of the new series on Netflix. Um, every time you say it, it sounds like a prequel to Pretty Little Liars. Well, it, they say, they Tiny tout it as, yeah, they tout it as a mix between Black Swan and Pretty Little Liars, essentially. Because when you when you watch it, and the plot points are just insane. Um, but I love, like, my favorite, I guess, um, types of movies for this genre is center stage i love center stage um and i just like watching ballet movies you know the behind the scenes and the drama and all that stuff so so yeah and then i did watch which is i guess i don't, I don't know if it's still number one today but bridgerton um that series was a bomb um so a lot of people didn't like the ending um <laughs> But it's, it's like it's not really so much the ending because it's based on a book series and this one really only covered book one. Okay. So um, as when I last checked, uh, Netflix had not yet announced if there was going to be a season two, but there is still plenty more they can do. And it's funny because this was a book series that I was going to read, um, but never got around to. And it, it's interesting that this is one of those times where I've seen I, by watching the series I actually am more interested in reading the book so mm -hmm. I I'm going to add it to my list so the, your gift card that you gave me is going to towards buying that series so okay you know digitally of course well, yeah. I, I'll be reading no real books <laughs> Yeah. paper books um so yeah a lot of tv watching kenrick is a huge fan of christmas movies so we watched holiday movies the entire time he was here so even after christmas day we were still watching holiday movies 
Um, I'm, I'm okay with them sort of, but it's sometimes a little too sugary sweet. So he's, he's very much likes the harm Hallmark-esque movies. And I'm kind of like, no, I need it to be more of, okay, this is what the scenario hit is, but it just happens to be during Christmas time, you know? So I'm like, I, I can't take too much of the, the typical Christmas movies. Right. Um, Did you ever watch um, Cobra Kai? Not yet. No, I, I've not been sleeping. <laughs> I have plenty of time to watch it. No, but, but that just gives me more excuse to stay up even longer. So, like I said, I've been watching the Nick. I'm about to be finished with it. I have two more episodes left in it because it only came on for two seasons, ten episodes each. It was a Cinemax series. Um, they're apparently going to be bringing it back. Um, but you know the main actor of course dies in the first two but they said like it's a steven um sodden soddenheim um series and he had said the intent was for it to essentially be like an anthology that you followed this different grouping of people for for two years at a time you know so so the what i've seen about what the new or the newest show should be like is cool because the character that they're following um is one that i did really like so it'll be interesting to see hopefully i mean they do get it made because again it is a period drama and those tend to be a little expensive um that they do get it done so hmm. But there's plenty more stuff I saw that I didn't mention, and some of them I didn't track. Like I didn't, I really didn't track many of the Christmas movies that I watched. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know, and then I was reminded, of course, of how much I think if 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 someone had asked me what is my favorite nonfiction show on television, um, I I don't know. I still totally geek out on Real Sports with Brian Gumble. I actually just like look forward to it being on the DVR because uh, I find I just, I just find the content so interesting because there's so yeah. many different things that they cover that yeah it's sports driven but it's it has a bigger implication and I don't know I, I just again I geek out on that kind of documentary-esque type thing so well I thought that um Cobra Kai without again I still can't do spoilers because I haven't watched it thing. right um, <laughs> I don't think it was as good as the first two seasons but I still okay. liked it um and you had said they're gonna do a fourth right yeah yeah okay um it does have a, a very interesting ending um and uh, they bring back more characters from the past um so that's interesting well you told me that there were some that you didn't remember so it was good they kind of did like they do the flashback sequences oh where yeah you get to well, see <laughs> yeah there was like a character who uh you know showed up and everybody was like oh and i'm like who <laughs> I did not remember them at all and then after well, oh okay all right well yeah because it's like I thought we've seen we've seen all of like the main characters or at least I thought from the movie it's um franchise so you know the fact that they at brought somebody back and people were excited I'm like did I forget someone in the movie or I, I don't know I, you know I don't want to give anything away so but yeah You'll know exactly what I'm talking about when it happens, because. Well, I mean, I know who come like that one person makes an appearance that we knew was going to anyway. Right. Um, referring to, so. Okay, so yeah, now I'm curious. <laughs> I am curious, so I'll I'll start watching it this week for sure. Um, I did watch also um the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the final season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember you told me about that. The last the last two episodes, I think, were probably the best of the season. Um. 
But I, you know, it, it was a very depressing ending. <laughs> yes, it was. You did tell me. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoilers to folks, I guess. But, but yeah, people die. Multiple people die, and um, all kinds of stuff. It's it's it, yeah. I could see. Yeah, there's no season five after all this. I can tell you that. So, <laughs> or at least it would have to be a very, very different season five should they ever go back to it. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe a crossover with the good place might be interesting, but probably. <laughs> so, um, T'Challa, do you have a topic for us? I had one, but I think I forgot it. Oh come on! Oh my gosh! Well, I do remember that while we were on break, you guys had that whole conversation around ethnic names, which was hilarious to me. But um, yeah, yeah, I had to call you to to get your <laughs> about whether or not a name was a black name or a white yeah. name. Um, I forget what it was now. Well, one of them was Sheila. Sheila uh, was I remember the, that. Yeah. Oh, Sheila. And then T'Challa. Sheila's not a black name. I know plenty of white Sheilas. <laughs> You'd be the only one of us that does. I went to school with the white Sheila. <laughs> I don't believe you. Look, there's certain names like, you know, all right, if. Wait, wait, I have a question. Yeah. Was she white or was she like mixed? No, she was she was white. I I don't believe you. Her name wow. was Acock. <laughs> it was spelled A Y C O C K. I want to know who. Why would you have that last name? Why would Why would you keep that name? Well, keep in mind, yeah, I, I, I'm sure they changed it at some point. <laughs> Um, before that, it was like massive phallus, <laughs> right? Massive dingus or something. Right? They changed it to Acock. So, long schlong. Long schlong. Yes, it's the long schlong thing. I wouldn't change that name. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be very long schlong. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, it, and every time students would laugh, I would say, "Your mom is not laughing." Oh my gosh, that's even worse. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I'd get fired after one day. But so you don't know the topic? Hmm. So we had a conversation right before yeah, the show. I thought of one, but I forget it now. Yeah, you might have to start writing that stuff down. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I guess we can end by saying, I know you didn't intend to get into too much of this, but um, so, you know, Georgia made history, this, this go around with our runoff elections for the first yeah. time, the Dems won a runoff. Um, and again, it's crazy to think that in Georgia history that had not happened. And the fact that both the Dems on the ticket um, won was astonishing to me. I actually was, I mean, pleasantly surprised when I saw the, the results, but I really did feel like it was going to, they would, it would return back to being Republican. So um, I, I, did, I, I had this nightmare that like Warnock would win and Ossoff would lose. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd be like, you know, we'd miss yeah. it by one. Um, and uh, I remember the night started off really good mm -hmm. and by like 10 something, it was tilting to the Republicans. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to bed. You know? So I was very happy, you know. Yeah, I went to bed. Like, I wasn't going to check at all, but I Googled it before going to bed. And at the, at, 
at that time, I think Warnock was ahead and then it was still on the Republican side for the other seat. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I went to bed, woke up and it was like, yay! <laughs> but it wasn't as exciting a yay as like the whole Biden win or whatever. Although I feel like we're still somehow robbed of that because, you know, it's like it's been tied up in controversy even up until the point of them formalizing it in, con in Congress. I'm like, it wasn't like a, a big, for me, a big moment of exhalation or anything. It just... I don't know it was it's been tarnished a bit by the whole trump stuff so um but i'm looking forward to you know come inauguration day things hopefully returning to some sort of normal at least i journaled about it and i was like i'm just looking forward to there being an adult in the room so yeah. you know something as simple as that <laughs> he's like well i hope he's as good as everybody says i said he, he can do nothing and still be better Yes. Because he's not actively insulting people. He's not making us a laughing stock around the world. He's not engaged in all this corruption stuff. Yeah. And, you he know, like. In the toilet at 3 a.m. <laughs> you know? so. Oh, yeah. I just never thought I would I would see a day where we would have been where Trump would have everything that's happened under Trump, that that could have happened here in the U.S. Yeah. And it be, you know, like. Okay, this is just how it is. Um, but the fact that we've essentially made it through it or about to be make, you know, done with it. Um, I mean, I know that Trump and his base aren't necessarily going anywhere. Um, that does concern me because they are, unfortunately, especially those who participated in the protests and stuff, I feel like they're highly uneducated individuals. And they just if they just go based off of what he says which you know i'm like if it's someone who knows their stuff cool but when someone clearly doesn't know what the hell they're talking about right. um you know it, it it's very much like the pied piper kind of thing i feel like that's who he is and the individuals who follow him follow him blindly um and i'm just kind of i again i know that's not going away anytime soon but I, I'm just glad that in terms of power, that the Dems have the edge, not only in the White House, but also in the House and the Congress. So yeah. we can actually get some stuff done and they can undo all of the crazy stuff that, that Trump did. So, <laughs> well, that's, that's like the one downside to us having, you know, elections every four years and them only having two terms is that you can, you know, if you go in, you can just basically destroy everything that the previous administration did. That's what I'm terrified of. Yeah. It, and, and, and that is, yeah, because of Trump, that made it very clear to me that, you know, that's the, for me, the biggest part of the fact that we don't have like a dictatorship or whatever is that we cycle out presidents every at least every four years to eight years and things that for example with with um obama the the environmental stuff all these different things that he had put into place you know that trump was able to just be like screw it i'm president now i want to do this this and this that's, that's what i'm really worried about that he started a cycle because now biden will have reinstate all that stuff and undo the bad Trump stuff. Right. Yeah, because it's like, this is always... That if the next guy does this, 
It's sealed. The deal is done. Yeah, it's going to be an endless cycle, and yeah. no one will be able to get anything done. Well, yeah. it's constantly going to like a yin yang yeah. yes. every four yeah. years, and they go back. Right. That's true. That is very true. And I mean, we didn't really have to worry about that before. We've gotten quite used to having two-term presidents and that right. the one-term president is is a rarity. Um, I know, too, they were talking about it would have been interesting that uh, Trump could have, in, in essence, uh, been the first president to be impeached twice, given all the crap that he's been <laughs> doing. I was like, look, I just, at this point, I don't even care. I just, I want to be over it. I want to have conversations now that don't involve the word Trump. Yeah. So. So yeah, I think um I I think we're good to go. I am actually going to go over and see Gwen and Beyonce today. Um, Y'all gonna play more of that game? I think so. I mean, I still play it daily. <laughs> what? Definitely. He said you're a drug addict. <laughs> well, there's a fish tournament on the island today, so I got to go fishing. Wow. <laughs> anyway, um, so since T'Challa still has not thought about what he was going to mention, um, I guess we can go ahead and wrap it up. All right. See you motherfuckers next week. Bye. You know the topic. Oh, wait. He, he, he knows it what? Up. Okay. Okay. What do you think I'll get? I want you to play, like, guess what the topic will be next week. What, right now? Yeah, go ahead. No, because then you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, huh? That'll be it. (laughs) 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 Found out my maniacal plan, James. (laughs) Uh, All right. Bye. Bye.